message today is don't stop the flow. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to flow. Yeah, y'all way too white for that. Say, it's, <laughs> let's, let's try this a little better. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to flow. There you go. That's a little bit better. But today's message is going to be life transforming. Because I'm talking about, get this now, I'm talking about generosity today. And before you close your ears off, because when some of you heard the word generosity, you're like, oh, great. I knew I should have slept in the day. Before you do that, I, I just want you to keep your ears open for a little while longer because I'm going to tell you why you needed to be here today. Simply put, in my life as a Christian, I've seen personal experience. I've seen God show up in money and possessions more than anything else in our lives. I've seen God show himself strong, faithful, true, miraculous, powerful, all-knowing, going before us, great provider, all in finances and possessions. And I believe, my personal belief is, is the reason God does that is because that's where our main focus is. Mm -hmm. That's where our main focus. Our main focus, think about it, most of your time, your attention, your energy, and your strength, your talent, and your ability goes into what? Making a living. But we got to make, yeah, you got to make a living. That's great. I agree. Amen. I work hard too. But I've seen God show up more in money and possessions than anything else before. In fact, the Bible says, if you, if you count it out in the Bible, over 800 times God talks about specifically money and possessions. Over 800 times in the Bible. It's the second most talked about topic of the Bible. So this is not Pastor Jamie's message. This is God's message. And there's something that we all need here today. All of us are going to get something today that's going to transform our lives. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter your social status. It doesn't matter your bank account. It doesn't matter your possessions. All of us are going to get something today. Say amen. Now, I want to give you a little disclaimer. I'm not preaching because the church needs money. I'm not preaching because we got a special project coming. I'm not preaching this message today because I'm trying to raise money to, do, uh, to finish up the building. This isn't about the building. This isn't about anything else. This is about you today. It's about me today. Amen? So this, there's no hidden agenda here. It's just about us. Proverbs 11.24 says this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Would you read that with me this morning? The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Isn't that true? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much we have. It's really just about the condition of our heart. It's about our heart posture. Where's your heart? What kind of condition is your heart in? This is not a prosperity message. This is not a name it, claim it, frame it kind of message. This is God wants you to be blessed to be a blessing. Did you get that? God wants you to be blessed. Stop. God wants all of his children to be blessed. Amen? 
You need to agree with that. That would be really wise to agree with that this morning. God wants all of his children to be blessed. He wants us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing to those around us. Not so that we can just be blessed. Amen? So say this with me. Say, I am blessed. I am a blessing. I am a blessing. So the, active, the activated church is a generous church. And I want to show you what a generous church looks like in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. It says, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity. There is a picture, right there is the picture of church. That is what church looks like. When you are born again, part of your new nature for being born again is that now you have a generosity component in you. It's like part of your nature is generous. Like when you were born again, generosity came out of that. That's what we see in the first church. You got to remember, 3,000 people just came to Christ, gave their life to Jesus, and were born again, and they created, they, they then were the first church, 3,000 plus people. And what is one of the things that comes out of that? Generous living. It doesn't say the apostles came in and says, you need to give, you need to give, you need to give, you need to share your meals, you need to open your house. It's what came out. Are you seeing this? It's what came out of being born again. Because you see, I, I was born once, but I, I had a flesh nature. I had a sinful nature. But when I was born again, I have God's nature. And God's nature is generous. He's generous. Amen? I find it amazing how in this verse, it puts, right at the end, it says, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. I want you to just focus on these two words right here. Look at this, joy and generosity. I, I wonder if they go together. Like, like generosity creates joy, joy creates generosity. I can't help but believe when we're generous with a pure heart, it tends to stir up some joy inside of us. Generosity, joy comes with generosity. Jesus said this in Matthew. He said, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. Say abundance. But from, the, from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Wow. Get you some of that. That's Jesus' words. You know what that verse tells me? That verse tells me we can sit around whining about what we don't have, or we can stand up and take what we have, be generous with it, and watch God give us more to be generous with. You see, the reality is, is we get to choose the flow. We decide the flow. I got my hand on the valve, y'all. The valve is my heart. I either keep it open or I close it off. There was a pastor who got interviewed one time, and the reporter asked him a question. She said, how often do you talk about giving? He said, every week. She said, what? 
Every week? He said, yeah. He said, but I think what you meant to ask me was how often do I talk about giving money? His point was, is every time we say, or every time we talk about giving, people automatically associate it with money. You see, it's the trick of the enemy. That, that as soon as the word give is brought up, we think money. No. You, you can't talk about grace without talking about giving. You, you can't talk about having a, a real healthy marriage without talking about giving. Come, come on. Giving is not just money. Amen? It's not just money. We got to realize it's bigger than that. It's better than that. You can't talk about forgiveness without giving. You see, living a blessed life is more than having a blessed wallet. Say amen. I'm going to help you help me preach. Living a blessed life is more than having a blessed wallet. It's having the things that money cannot buy. The blessed life. What is that? That's relationships. That's grace when you don't deserve it. When you should be getting some wrath and some judgment, you get grace. That's every morning I wake up to new mercy. That's the blessed life. My kids still like me. That's the blessed life. My wife still has a twinkle in her eye. That's the blessed life. Come on, somebody. It's more than our wallets. But you see, giving is all about the heart. Jesus gave us this verse, and man, this verse is so powerful, but yet it's so small. It says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. You ever want to know where your heart is? Just check your treasure. You see, your treasure is the tracking device for your heart. You ever want to know where somebody else's heart is? Check their treasure. Ooh, ooh, I'm going to step on some toes here in just a minute. This one just popped in. If your husband is spending more time with his buddies than he is with you, then you may not be his treasure. Got quiet up in this church. Come on now, it's deer season coming around. Boy, the guys are going to hate me for this one. Where's your treasure? Because wherever your treasure is, is where your heart is. Come on, you know how, how we used to be. We get a new pair of shoes and somebody stands, steps on your shoes. You ready to fight? That's my shoes. We were doing an outreach one time years ago. We did a big survey. We cleaned this whole side of 190 from one end of town to the other. And where the radio, where the Mexican restaurant, there used to be a radio shack. And we were, we were like blowing the curbs off. We're cleaning the city up. You can see the curbs for the first time in years. Y'all, how many of y'all remember that? Like probably four, five, six. Oh, come on. We were doing that, man. We had dust flying. We had a police escort. We had a line of people. We're serving the city. And we get to the radio shack, and there was a beauty salon right there. And this girl had just got her car detailed. We didn't realize it. So, like, here we come, like, like Linus. I think it was Linus from Charlie Brown. Like, we had a dust cloud following us. And we dusted her car. Okay, we got shirts on. It says we are church. We got all this stuff. She comes outside fussing and cussing. I was like, Shazam, I'll, I'll get you a new, I'll get you a new detail. I mean, like, no problem. She's just in a rage. 
her heart was in her car. Some of you are like, bro, like I just paid good money for that detail. Like, really? Yeah, like, really? Like, is life about the detail of your car? I'm getting some strange looks real quick. <clears throat> I've been in the parking lot. Most of y'all's cars don't look that good. <laughs> but too many times we say that God is first in our life, but if we look at our treasure, it says something different. We'll say, God's first, God's first, God's first. But then look at your treasure and you go, where's God? Come on. You know, you know God works on an honor system, right? Like, he, he commands us to give a tithe, to give 10%, and to give an offering, anything above that. He commands us to live a generous life of sharing our time, talent, treasures, abilities, all these things. He commands us to do that, but he never takes it from us. He never comes in and says, give me that. The government says to pay taxes, and when you don't, they'll lock you up. That's not how God is. God works on the honor system. God commands it, and then he steps back to see if you love him enough to do it, because you see, it's really love when it has a choice. When it has a choice, when you choose to obey God, you say to him, I love you because I have a choice to. Make sense? I have a choice. If generosity is all about the heart, then how is your heart right now? So can I turn this into a doctor's office real quick? I want to show you, I want you to watch this video about the heart. Because many Christians today are, are struggling with generosity and we're having a heart attack. We're having a heart attack. So just like the video shows, blood and oxygen is supposed to flow through our veins and arteries and just like that. But there's these things called fat, plaque, and they begin to clog things up and they keep the blood from flowing until eventually the heart dies an area of the heart dies, which then causes a heart attack. The heart is not your biggest muscle in your body, but it is the most important muscle in your body. Amen? More money, more research, more study has been done for the heart than anything else. Because without this, <laughs> we don't exist, right? If this is in bad shape, we are in bad shape. I can tell you how many people I've, I've talked to who have had a heart disease or, or, or blockage or things like that, and they said, man, I didn't realize how weak I was or how much I was struggling until I got some clearing in my, and, and, until they put the stent in or whatever it was, until I had the surgery, and now I got full flow. I feel like a brand new man. How many of you have heard that? When your heart's not good, we're not good. Right? Proverbs 4.23 says this, that above all else, guard your heart. Above all else. Like top priority. Number one thing we need to be doing. 
is guard our hearts for everything you do, watch this, flows from your heart. Bad heart, bad doing. Good heart, good doing. Healthy heart, healthy doing. Unhealthy heart, unhealthy doing. Make sense? Everything the Bible says flows from the heart. You ever want to know somebody's heart? Look at their actions. Their actions show you their heart. I'm going to spend the rest of the time in the book of Deuteronomy this morning, chapter 15. And I want you to see how the Bible, even way back then, talks about generosity this way. Verse 7 says, But if there are any poor Israelites in your towns when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. You see, we got to get something today. Our heart and our hand is connected. Hard heart, closed hand. Soft heart, open hand. Cheryl would testify with me. She would agree that, that our, our kids, from, from when they could understand even to now, they tend to catch attitudes every now and then. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It makes you want to knock the teeth out of their mouth, but then you've got to pay for that, and you can't do that, and you might get in trouble. So we don't do that. But they catch an attitude. Or, or, they, or they get a stinginess, or they get a greediness about them. And, they, and they, 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 it was cute when they were kids, and they go, mine, mine. But now they're 18, and they're still going, mine. Don't laugh at them too hard, because some of y'all 50-something are still going, mine. But they would catch an attitude, and we and I would go to them and say, you need to check your heart right now. Like, you need to, like, 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 go in your bedroom, get with Jesus, and ask him to show you your heart. Because something in your heart is not right. And most of the time, they came out of the room broken, realizing that their heart was not right. You see in this, there was something in their heart that wasn't right. There's been times in my life where I've been close-handed, and it was an indication of my heart. And there's been times that I've been open-handed and generous. That also was an indication of my heart. So I want to give you two things that stop the flow in your life. The first one is a selfish heart. If you're taking notes, a selfish heart. Deuteronomy 15.9 says this, Do not be mean-spirited. I could preach right there. And refuse someone a loan because the year of canceling debts is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you will be considered guilty of sin. Do not be mean-spirited refusing to help people. You see, God didn't create giving for his sake. He created giving for our sake. Generosity is the quickest way to get selfishness out of your life. In fact, if you want to see how selfish you are, let somebody tempt you or push you or challenge you to be generous and see how your heart responds. Because <laughs> a lot of people give like this, and their heart's like, oh, no. How many of you know that's true? <laughs> a selfish heart. 
all of us need to be generous. But ladies, I got to give a little disclaimer. Men don't want to share their food. Come on, men. Like, we'll order you a burger and fries if you want one. And we go, you want something? No, uh-uh. I'm not hungry. It really upsets us when we get our food and your hands are all up in our food. When we tried to order, we don't, that's, I, I just think that devil's not going to die. Here's a question you need to ask yourself this morning. Is my first response always no? In fact, I would go further than that and I would say, have people stopped asking you for things because your response has always been no? Like you need to, you need to do some self-examination right now because you need to realize that, that are people not asking me for anything anymore? Are people not like, like needing anything around me anymore? That's not true. People around you need things, but maybe they're not asking you because your first response has always been no. That's a good indicator of your heart. You see, a selfish heart stops you before you give, but a grudging heart stops you after you give. Which leads me to point two. Second thing that stops the flow in your life is a grudging heart. A grieving heart. Watch what verse 10 says. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly. For the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. Say everything I do. That means when you play flag football, you're blessed. That means when you go to work, you're blessed. That means when you touch something, you're blessed. Remember the the old commercials, the Midas Touch? How many of you remember the Midas Touch? Like the Midas Touch was like everything you touch turned to gold. The Bible says if you'll give generously, not grudgingly, not grieving the gift that you've just given, everything that you touch will be blessed. You see it? Come on, I've given sometimes, and and I've given gifts, and I'm going, oh, man, this is tough, but we're going to do it. And we get all fired up in faith. And she's like, whew, we're going to do it. And we give. And no sooner we give, something breaks. And the first test is, am I going to say it? Am I going to say it? Oh, if I wouldn't have gave, I would have had the money for this. A grieving heart. Huh. It will stop the flow in your life. Selfishness gets you on the front side. Grieving gets you on the back side. Is that making sense this morning? You see, I got to be real with you today. My my family and I probably won't get out of here until 1 o'clock, and and I got to buy them lunch, and I don't don't have any money. I I don't have any money, and and I got to buy my family lunch, and that's usually about 100 bucks. And so anybody got 100 bucks? Bro, you must have been praying this morning. Thank you, man. Thank you, Mario. Mario gave me a hundred bucks. I was like, that's a hundred bucks, y'all. And he did it pretty easy. He's not even crying. <laughs> he was like excited. To, you saw how fast he came up here and gave me this hundred bucks? He did that because I gave it to him before church started. I gave it to him before church started. He had no skin in the game. He wasn't attached to this because I gave it to him. And when he realized it wasn't his, he quickly gave it up because it wasn't his. 
So he ran up here to give me this hundred bucks that was mine that I gave to him to give to me. Thanks, bro. I'm glad you came to church today. I needed that. You see, he didn't have a grudging and selfish heart because it was never his. You see, the problem with some of us is that we go to work thinking that it's my money, my job, my business, my abilities, my brain, my hands. And we're going with a wrong heart. Oh, you're looking at me crazy this morning. Let me show it to you through scripture. Proverbs 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it is his. Which means this, I don't own nothing. The earth is his and everything in it is his. I don't own it. I have the privilege of managing it. If we'll get that today, listen to me, it will flip the switch on everything. That this is God's truck. This is God's house. This is God's abilities. This is God's gave me this brain to use. He gave me the ability to think. He gave me the ability to see situations certain ways so that I could bring a resolve to him. He gave me everything. If we'll flip the switch and start to believe that way, things will start to change. Selfishness won't be a big deal that much anymore. Grudge won't be a big deal that much anymore. Because we realize it's not mine. It's his. It's his and I just get to manage it. Does that make sense? It's his. He owns it all. I'm just a steward. I laugh at those, those people who go around saying, man, I'm balling, man. This is my business. I'm rolling. I'm the man. Like, Bro, I used to be that way too. You see, when we start to live that way, we start to realize if God owns it all and it's all his, he has an endless supply. Maybe sometimes we're being selfish and grudging because we're worried that God's not going to replace. Maybe we're worried that he's going to run out. Maybe we're worrying about his accountability or his accounting skills. And we're thinking, man, maybe God didn't see this and maybe he's not going to pay me back. And I'm getting worried because I don't know if I give this and where's it going to come from? I can't see it. Hello, that's faith. That's faith. Faith is when you can't see it. If you can see it, it's not faith. Come on. So come see Mario. I'm going to show you something. Mario had no idea he was doing this today. You see, Jesus said, if you handle good what I've been, what's been given to you, I will give you more, right? So this is for you. Love you, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. But, but hang on a second. I know I just gave that to you. Uh, but uh, I said, Billy, come see. I, I need you to give that to Billy. You're welcome. You, you can have it. It's yours. You can go home with it. H- hang on, Mario. Mario, just one second. Uh, you see, when 
you're faithful with the little things, God really does bless you with more because he's always got more. That's yours. For real this time. (laughs) Do you see it? Do you see it? Those are the things that block up our hearts. Those are the things that stop the flow. Because we got to come to this realization that God's not trying to get something from you. God's trying to get more to you. He's not trying to get more from you. He don't need what you have. He just wants you to live with an open heart that he can flow everything that he needs to flow through your heart into the lives of people that don't even know him yet. Amen? He's not taking from you. He's setting you up to receive more. Two things that will start the flow. Last two points and I'm going to wrap it up. Number one, a generous heart. A generous heart will start the flow. Watch verse 13 and 14. When you release a male servant, do not send him away empty-handed. Give him a generous, say generous, farewell gift from your flock, your threshing floor, and your wine press. Share with him some of the bounty with which the Lord your God has blessed you with. God says you give it. From your reservoirs, you give it. From your places of influence, you give it. Because you're sharing all that I've blessed you with. Are you not excited about this? I mean, it's like we get to like just like feel it. I mean, like it just runs through us. You know, it's like God's resources just keep on moving. It's like, come on, man. That's a whole lot better than sitting there with your checking account going, we're going to have to be tight this week. It's ramen noodles, y'all. Some of you are like, I like ramen noodles. Bless God, you can have all of them. I don't like them. There's no meat in them. You can live with your focus on what you have or what you're about to run out of or what, uh, 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 what is about to come to an end, or you can live with your focus on, God, what are you going to give me next that I can give away? What are you going to bless me with that I can be a blessing to somebody else? Because generosity and joy are together in the same sentence. You didn't hear what I said. Generosity and joy are together in the same sentence. Maybe you don't need counseling. Maybe you just need generosity to get a little bit of joy inside of you. Maybe today's the day you start to get past yourself and you start to think about other people and get generous and watch God do all kinds of incredible things in your life. It's up to you. It's up to us. A generous heart. You see, you were born selfish, but you were born again. And generosity is a part of your new nature. That's what we see in the early church is generosity was a part of the new nature. A generous heart will start the flow. The second one is a grateful heart. Oh, this is big. A grateful heart. Are you a complainer? Are you grateful? Only you can answer that, or maybe your spouse can. Do you spend all your words complaining? Or do you spend all your words rejoicing? I know it's tough. 
I know it's hard. I caught myself at the end of the week. Somebody said, how was your week? Bro, it was, whew, man, God. And I got tired of hearing myself. I was like, man, shut up. I had to change my tune. It's like, yeah, but you know what? It, it turned out to be a good week after all. Verse 15. Remember that you were once slaves in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Can I read that one more time? Remember that you once you were, you were once slaves in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Don't ever forget that he redeemed you from something. Don't ever forget that he brought you out of something into something better. Don't ever forget that he saved your soul for eternity. Don't ever forget that he called you out of darkness into light. Don't ever forget. Because when we forget, we lose gratefulness. That's why we should share our stories. That's why we should tell our testimonies. He says, that is why I'm giving you these commands. God is commanding us to be generous because of everything that he's been generous to us with. Do you remember where you were when God found you in your lowest place, in your darkest hour? You see, when I remember all that God's done for me, it keeps my heart soft. When I forget and I start to focus on myself, my heart starts to get hard. And I forget and I become stingy and I become grudge, grudgingly. I grieve when I give. Man, listen, he's done so much for me already. Like he doesn't have to do anything else to prove anything else to me. I have enough to be grateful for until I take my last breath. Amen? Gratefulness will start to flow in your life. When anything stops flowing, it usually dies. I pray today that we don't stop the flow.